Welcome to Marketing Tales with Chris Raposo, a podcast created to spotlight and highlight marketers, tell their stories, and share their knowledge with those interested in all things marketing. If you're interested in more than just the cut and dry strategies and tactics and want to learn more about the human side of his guests and how they got to where they are today, then this show is for you. Can you tell us about the importance of public relations in the nonprofit sector to bring awareness about a need or how a nonprofit can receive more earned media? In 2020, during the pandemic, food banks were a big part of the national story. So we were getting media requests from all over, including internationally. We had AP, Reuters, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, all of course the local stations, which we would work with in a normal year uh, and, and a variety of others come in and do stories. Really a couple of times a week, there was, there was somebody that we were working with on a story. So our advertising value equivalency that year was about 200 million and it's a soft number, right? There's a big margin of error in the last, you know, in the last, since, since the outbreak, really, we've gotten almost half a billion. If you, I mean, again, these numbers, these ABE numbers are so inflated, but, uh, uh, dollars worth of free, free advertising from maintaining good media relations and good contacts. And one of the things that we like to do to make sure the media continues to call and continues to want to work with us mm -hmm. is that they call, we drop everything and we get them what they need. We That's answer the phone. We get back to them right away. Whatever their request is, we try to make it happen faster than whoever else they're talking to. <laughs> so um, it's not, you know, I don't want to say that the pandemic made all this media fall into our lap because it very possibly could have then just bounced right back off and gone into the ether. Um, so credit to the team uh, at the food bank and not just the marketing team, the whole food bank, you know, we, Hey, warehouse team, you know, scoot the truck over because everybody, you know, the media is coming over, the CEO coming down and doing interviews all the time. So I think that the food bank does have a really good, nimble, agile team overall, the, the whole organization. And we understand our mission. We understand that we help each other out to achieve different parts of the mission. And um, yeah, I mean, PRs is huge for us. Hello, everybody. My name is Chris Raposo, and welcome back to another episode of Marketing Tales. Today, I have my guest, David May, with me. David, welcome. Um, so, David, I know that you have a master's in film and cinema and video studies from Chapman University in Orange, California, and you worked at your alma mater admission department from 2005 to 2011 until you made the switch to marketing. While studying film at Chapman, what's the plan to eventually work in Hollywood, or did you always know you wanted to get into marketing? I think that when I was younger, the lure of Hollywood and the idea of directing movies was really attractive to me. I'm a practical person and I'm a little risk averse as well. So I think marketing was always uh, in the cards for me as well, something the, the more practical path to go down. And I've been lucky since then that marketing and especially modern marketing when it comes to content marketing, inbound marketing, there's even a subcategory of marketing now called video marketing. So it's worked out really well for me in ways that I didn't fully understand or couldn't have fully predicted back when I was getting these film degrees and this film training. Um, but yeah, the, the ability to make videos has been actually really helpful in my marketing journey. Plus, you also learn in film, film school a lot about budgeting, 
a lot about storytelling and even in other forms of content generation when we talk about marketing whether it's blog writing or uh, telling stories through photographs really that narrative structure and knowing that narrative structure comes in handy mm -hmm. uh, and again the leadership skills that come with managing really a crew of you know 15 to 25 other students it's good management experience too so it's worked out well but you're right it's a, it's a little bit more of unique i think a lot of marketers have maybe business degrees or something like that. So I, I uh, have a, a different path from a lot of people. Yeah. Was there a pivotal moment during your studies where you knew you wanted to get into marketing or it was it, it, I think even when I was applying, I knew that, you know, I, I had good mentors and leaders in my life, even early on that were saying, well, you know, it's great. It's ambitious that you want to go for this filmmaking thing, but you got to be thinking of a backup plan. You really need to have something lined up. And so even as early as then, I was thinking like, well, marketing is a creative field and it's there's a business component, but a creative component. And so I think it just had always been in the back of my mind. I, in retrospect, probably wish it had been uh, a little bit more in the front of my mind. I think it would have been nice to have uh, maybe one business degree. I have the master's and the bachelor's both in the film discipline. So had I, could I do it over? I'd probably maybe redo one of those as a business degree, but, um, but no, no big regrets. I'm it's working out. Yeah, it's working out well. I mean, in 2017, while holding the position as AVP of web and digital media at Chapman, you decided to move into the nonprofit section and took a position at the Los Angeles Regional Food Bank as the Director of Marketing and Communications. So you work quite a bit in the higher ed industry. Why did you make the switch from higher ed to a nonprofit, even though you were really, really successful in the higher ed marketing sphere? Yeah, I, I think that the higher education world is, and I could be wrong because I actually figured it, it'd start to happen by now, but there's a little bit of a transformation that seems like it needs to take place in the higher education space. We look at the cost of tuition. We look at uh, the different, uh, the ratio between faculty and administrators at a lot of the universities. And I think that with technology disrupting, it seems like one sector of the economy at a time, well, it's happening simultaneously in a lot of cases, but it does feel like higher education is up for a little bit of a correction as well. Um, but that's sort of more of a rationalization as to why I would have moved on. Um, part of it is it tends to be more personal. And what I mean by that is I graduated from high school. I came out to California, attended Chapman starting in 2001, graduated with my undergraduate degree in 2005. And then, yeah, started working in the admission office, switched over to the marketing department. And you're right, was I was getting my master's degree at that time. And it, there came a point where I realized, you know, I came to Chapman when I was you know, 17, 18 years old. And now I, including my student years, I'll have been there. It was approaching 15, 16, looking at 17 years. I thought I'm going to be at Chapman longer in my life as percentage than not at Chapman. And so that sort of got me going, you know, I really should graduate. You know, I should, you know, finally uh, leave, leave my college and go out into the big world and uh, see what adventures there are out there. So that, that tends to be probably the bigger decision. <clears throat> Okay, that, that's a good, that's a really good decision to, you know, so you got out of there. Left it's, it's a short life, right? And so uh, you got to experience as much of it as you can. And yeah. I, I mean, Chapman's great, 
But uh, I think the nonprofit space is really exciting as well. You feel like you're making a difference in education, of course, because you're helping people and education is probably one of the most important things, one of the best ways that people can improve their lives and pull themselves out of uh, you know, situations where maybe they're not earning as much or they, mm -hmm. they want to change the trajectory of their life. Um, but in the nonprofit space, you really do feel that direct impact. If you're somebody that wants to make a difference in the community, I mean, at the, the Los Angeles Regional Food Bank, we go to our food distributions for marketing purposes. We're interviewing people who are receiving food, talking to the uh, leaders at the various distribution points throughout LA County. And it's apparent immediately uh, the the good work that's being done and the people's lives that are being improved. It's just a very direct, uh, a very direct mission. Yeah, absolutely. I I, uh, I went to Soup Kitchen uh, a couple of times just to help out there, you know, and it, you can yeah. see the the relief uh, the people that receive the food yeah. in there have and the gratitude that they have. So it makes you feel good too while you're doing that. I totally agree. Um, talking about the Los Angeles Regional Food Bank. Um, so doing a little bit of research on the food bank, it, it looks like they have provided more than 1.6 billion meals since 1973 when they opened their door. And they're on their mission to um, hit the next billion. As a Marcom director, what strategies do you use to help reach those goals to you know get to the next billion? Yeah, absolutely. It's a the Los Angeles Regional Food Bank and really a lot of these big food banks, especially in big cities, are huge organizations and a lot of people don't realize because a lot of people have volunteered at soup kitchens and different things like that. So that's sort of the environment that you expect. But when people come to tour the food bank, they see huge warehouses with racks and racks of food. And um, for example, yeah, the food bank, since our, it's our 50th year anniversary this year. So mm -hmm. 1.6, uh, yeah, 1.6 billion meals. And we'll be close to, there's a meals to pounds conversion that Feeding America uses. So we're, we're getting really close to 2 billion pounds. Wow. And so that'll be close to, I think, 1.68 or something, 1.7 billion meals when we get to that point. But uh, as far as marketing, it's, using higher education as an example, there's a lot of different audiences in higher education. There might be Prospective students, donors, prospective donors, alumni, current students have their needs there for communication, especially in marketing. And it's true also, of course, in the nonprofit space. The primary bulk of our audience, though, where we spend a lot of the energy is that donor acquisition, engaging existing donors, finding new donors. Uh, there is communication related to helping people who are in need of food assistance find that food. There's also uh, audiences for helping to find volunteers, helping to find uh, employment opportunities at the food bank. So like any organization, there are a wide variety of audiences and marketing needs. But to answer your question, how, how do we organize our marketing strategies and tactics <clears throat> to help us with our mission, essentially, and to help us get to that 2 billion pounds of food distributed since 1973. Really, we rely a lot on modern marketing, low-cost practices to, um, to help us be really, really efficient. We have a high emphasis on ROI. It's not like, especially it might have been in the old days at a for-profit company where it's like, just buy every billboard in LA County, you know, or just, I mean, not, not that they uh, probably did that too many times, but 
at the food bank, we're looking at high efficiency, low cost, high return strategies. So we're doing a lot of inbound marketing, a lot of content marketing, content generation, content curation. We have the staff on site to do that. And that goes back to what I was talking early in the interview about the video production skills. It's nice to be able to have a lot of those skills in-house. We're not having to pay three, five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 per video. We're doing all this stuff in-house. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of content generation, content syndication. We do Google grants, Google ads, digital advertising with a heavy emphasis on ROAS or an ROI. So we know we're getting the value out of those digital ads. Um, and we do all the things that you'd expect at a big for-profit company. We're doing more funnel optimization, audience segmentation, email marketing with drip campaigns. Um, so where what another way to answer the question might be what strategies are not as helpful to us in this environment. And again, that would be those high cost, low ROI strategies that we know work and they maybe are just more top of funnel and they're harder to track. Um, <clears throat> but for example, there isn't really too much of an appetite for buying television spots in the LA market, which of course is really expensive. Or, you know, we do a little digital out of home um, but not a lot of, for example, big billboards, um, maybe every once in a while in the fourth quarter when everybody's feeling really generous and they might need a little reminder. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. But that's, yeah, that's that's how we get the word out. Uh, we tell the story of the food bank. We're fortunate that the food bank has such an apparent and um, important mission that it's easy for people to get behind. So it's really telling the story of the food bank and telling the story of the people that we serve, the lives that are being impacted by donors and volunteers and people who get involved with the food bank. Yeah. Let's talk about donations. Um, let's say somebody in the audience is running or working at our local food bank, wherever they may be. And who should food banks partner with their, get their donations? Is it individuals in the community, businesses, grocery stores, maybe farms? So there's, it depends, we'll break it into two categories for the sake of this answer, and that would be donations of food and donations of funds. And of course, both are really important. Uh, when it comes to donation of funds, it's really anybody, individuals can go to the website, lafoodbank.org slash donate and, you know, donate 20, 30, $10 and every little bit helps. But we do have big corporate sponsors and big partnerships as well are donating, you know, big chunks of money and supporting us in other ways. For example, Starbucks uh, is a big supporter uh, with various grants. There's a whole grants program. So of course, we're getting a lot of grants. There might be foundations, different people in LA who help us, for example, with match, matching mm -hmm. gifts like the Herb Alpert Foundation, uh, for example, will donate a sum of money and then match all the individual gifts that are coming in, which is sort of, you know, really helpful because it motivates individuals to donate as well. Um, so yeah, the, the cash donations can come from anywhere. They're critical. I think a, a really good nonprofit is about 85% efficient. It always takes a little bit of money to run the organization, especially a food bank where you're talking about refrigeration and trucking and all these things that cost money. Uh, the food bank last year was about 96% of the funds coming in were reinvested into the community. So well above that 85% mark. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a highly efficient organization. When it comes to the food donations, it's the bulk of it is farmers, growers, wholesalers, distributors, mm -hmm. um, grocers. 
the that's all going to come into the food bank at different times of their life. Sometimes we're getting brand new food that's coming directly from the farmers right to us. USDA is a big source of food. Um, and then the grocers in LA County are really generous and they want to make sure that, you know, they understand the value of instead of something going to a landfill, it going to somebody in need. So they'll keep an eye on those expiration dates and give it to us really still with plenty of time to distribute yeah. it into the community. Uh, and then individuals do donate food as well. You, everybody's knows about food drives and there's going to be a, a box at the corner of the school or the church or something, and people drop food in there. That tends to be a really low percentage of food and sometimes not the highest quality because sometimes people do just empty out their pantry and put yeah. it in there. And then we've got to get volunteers to sort all through it and everything. So that's almost, we kind of consider since we're talking about this as a marketing podcast, we almost consider that sort of a marketing thing too, almost the value of having our, our food box and our logo all over the place out in the community and people thinking about us is really valuable. And, and sometimes, you know, every little bit helps that food coming in when we're, we go through it and it's good and that's all, it's all helpful as well. But yeah, the bulk of the food donations are coming from those big, um, think yeah. of semi trucks and not, um, food boxes. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's what I just thought about when you said that having a box is all over the place with your logo on it. it's kind of like you know there's brand recognition there now since you're around since 1973 it's kind of like when you see the salvation army person in front yeah. of the grocery stores right so you kind of like okay i i recognize this they're doing good work i'm willing to give to that organization and talking about marketing strategies one more time do you also partner with local radio stations because the gift matching i've heard of that all the time on the radio station do you do yeah. that as well yeah, you must listen to KCRW, KPCC. That yeah, uh, we do. Yeah, they they partner with us. They do great things when they have people sign up. They can opt to send some of that over our way, uh, and then a lot of the other local radio stations, especially in the fourth quarter around Thanksgiving and the end of the year, where people are feeling feeling particularly generous, will will get some radio spots often comped or at a big discount to remind people to donate. <clears throat> and same thing with the TV stations. We have relationships with all of the the major LA based uh which a lot of them you know are really more southern california um mm -hmm. television stations big partnership with abc7 with um ktla with nbc4 uh with australia with uh telemundo of course as part of nbc4 really all of these organizations at different times a year will help us in various ways uh for example abc7 in the summer we do something called uh, it's the event is called stuff a truck. Um, but the idea is that we'll have a day of on-air coverage. They'll send some talent. We'll be in front of a grocery store and, uh, they'll televise it and anybody can come by and drop off food that day or make a cash donation on an associated website. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the the relationships with media, and that's a great point when we talk about marketing communications and PR strategies, there's the marketing half of it, and then there is the PR half of it is huge at, at a nonprofit, and especially a nonprofit like the food bank, where most people, you know, there's some nonprofits that require some explanation, and the people then have to decide if they want to get involved or not. Luckily, with the food bank, everybody knows what the food bank does right away, and there's very little hesitation from anybody that they want to get involved and help people. And it's nice because it crosses in such a polarizing political time where it's like, 
Oh, I, you know, th this half does this and this half does this. Everybody supports the food bank. Everybody understands, well, look, people shouldn't go hungry, especially kids. Kids didn't do anything They're in the situation, you know, outside of their own accord. And really the parents are too. A lot of people uh, just hit hard times. So, yeah, it's a beautiful thing about it. It brings people together regardless of their beliefs um, or their political affiliation. Um me being someone with a PR degree working in marketing, I'm big on earned media. Um, yeah. Can you tell us about the importance of public relations in the nonprofit sector to bring awareness about a need or how a nonprofit can receive more earned media? One of the metrics that we follow pretty closely, even though I fully acknowledge it's somewhat of a vanity metric and <clears throat> tends the numbers tend to, tend to sound a little inflated, is advertising value equivalency. So of course, that's the equivalent airtime that had we need to buy advertising spots in those places, we would have had to pay. But because it's free earned media, we didn't have to pay it. So um, for in 2020, during the pandemic, food banks were a big part of the national story. So we were getting media requests from all over, including internationally. We had AP, Reuters, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, all, of course, the local stations, which we would work with in a normal year, uh, and, and a variety of others come in and do stories. Really, <clears throat> a couple times a week, there was, there was somebody that we were working with on a story. Mm -hmm. So our advertising value equivalency that year was about $200 million, And it's a soft number, right? There's a big margin of error. In, an, in a normal year, you know, I, I came to the food bank in, let's see, 2018. So looking back at 2017, 2018, I think the advertising value equivalency was going to be somewhere around $15 million. Um, and then in 2021, it was about 100 million. And then again, in 2022, it was about 100 million. So in the last, you know, in the last, since, since the outbreak, really, we've gotten almost half a billion. If you, I mean, again, these numbers, these AVE numbers are so inflated, but uh, uh, dollars worth of free, free advertising from maintaining good media relations and good contacts. And one of the things that we like to do to make sure the media continues to call and continues to want to work with us mm -hmm. is that they call, we drop everything and we get them what they need. We That's answer the phone, we get back to them right away. Whatever their request is, we try to make it happen faster than whoever else they're talking to. <laughs> so um, it's not, you know, I don't want to say that the pandemic made all this media fall into our lap because it very possibly could have then just bounced right back off and gone into the ether. Um, so credit to the team uh, at the food bank and not just the marketing team, the whole food bank, you know, hey, warehouse team, you know, scoot the truck over because everybody, you know, the media is coming over, the CEO coming down and doing interviews all the time. So I think that the food bank does have a really good, nimble, agile team overall, the, the whole organization. And we understand our mission. We understand that we help each other out to achieve different parts of the mission. And um, yeah, I mean, PR is, is huge for us. Yeah, it reminds me of somebody, one of your neighbors, uh, he has a podcast, his name is Ed Milet, I don't know if you heard of him, but he uh, he's a motivational speaker, and he always says that the best ability is availability, so you want to make sure you're <laughs> available, yeah. right, when the, when they're calling, um, uh, like you do, so and that helps to have a CEO that's fully invested and is a spokesperson yeah. for the company, because that's what they want, right, they want yeah. those top leaders to yeah. be on the camera, to be articulate and then um, willing to work with them and give them the information that they want. Well, and I, I tell him all the time too, like you make my job so easy, Michael. His name is Michael Flood. He's been at the food bank for 
you know, 22 years. Uh, he was in the food bank world before that. So he's one of the national leaders of food banking. Um, and when he does these interviews, he he is really good. He's succinct. He understands uh, how to answer the questions really well. Um, and I know that some of the reporters probably think, oh gosh, I'm going to interview the CEO and he's going to ramble on and he's not going to be good. And But with our with our CEO, it's just great. And um, I do think that's a huge part of it too. I mean, the press likes to talk to him. He does a good job and he's just so knowledgeable. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, while doing research on the LA Food Bank, I saw that the LA Food Bank has some major partners such as the LA Rams or Justin Herbert, the quarterback of the LA Chargers. Um, are there incentives you offer to businesses, teams, and celebrities when they partner with you? Or how do you go about having them partner with your organization? What makes them partner with you? I think most of the organizations that partner with us, especially the, the athletic teams that you mentioned, and really, I think we have relationships with all of the, the LA athletic teams right now. The Dodgers Foundation and the Dodgers are huge supporters. The Clippers we, we're, we were involved with uh, as well. And yeah, of course, the LA Rams... The Chargers overall, including Justin Herbert, they're all great. Um, the Kings. So yeah, everybody gets involved. And I really think what attracts people more than anything is the mission. Luckily, <clears throat> our partners, including some of the non-athletic team partners like uh, Barilla and some of the food companies, um, Don Lee Farms, huge supporters. Um, these are organizations that just want to make a big difference in the community. They just want to help out. They call us, how can we help? What can we do? Now we of course do offer to as anything that little of us can offer to them being these big organizations. And a lot of times that's, well, let us help amplify the word or let us help uh, spread the message. So we have almost 200,000 email subscribers. Our social media continues to grow and is, is doing pretty well. Uh, and then with our with our blog on our website, we incorporate that into the e-newsletter. So there's some good, and the, the 200,000 people that do follow us and are subscribed to us for our e-newsletter are a lot of times really good uh, philanthrop other philanthropists, other uh, you know folks in, in the area where it's a, it's a good audience too. So we'll, we will thank people at different stages depending on their contribution, like, well, you know, we, we can do a social post here. We can, and I think a lot of nonprofits will do it this way where people that are just pulling out the stops for us, like, oh gosh, how can we thank you? But we think of it, at least I think of it. And I would say that I can speak for, for others at the food bank as well. We think of it more as a thank you from us than a transaction. Cause again, most of the time people are coming to us, they want to help anyway. And we're just saying, well, look, here's, here's what we have. And, and we're, we're happy to help. We'll do a press release for you, you know, um, so there, there are little things we have, but, but again, yeah, it's mostly just the generosity of these organizations. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's great to hear, um, as somebody from the outside looking in, um, let's say you did a fantastic job. You're getting closer to those two billions and you receive, you receive truckloads of donations. Um, how, somebody has to distribute all that food. Yes. How do you market, like how do you market, uh, volunteer opportunities to get people to help with the food distribution? Yeah, absolutely. The the we have a great team on the volunteer side and on the corporate relations side that help us uh, on the marketing side. On the mark specifically on the marketing side, we do spend most of our Google grants in the non-financial donation category. So, we'll advertise to people 
who are in need of food assistance through Google Grants. So if anybody within the borders of LA County is searching for free food or food assistance or something like that, we're gonna those ads are gonna come up and our search engine optimization strategy is partially involved in, in all of that traffic as well. Um, for volunteers, same thing. We spend a lot of Google Grants in that category. And then also, uh, again, involve some of our search engine optimization strategy around that. On the corporate relations side, a lot of the groups that come in, uh, for example, you mentioned the Rams earlier, uh, making financial gifts is a big part of how they help, but also a lot of times they'll come in and they'll volunteer. And so we'll have also celebrity volunteers come in, which help us spread the word about the volunteer work. People can see what the volunteer activities look like. So we've had in uh, we've had the Kardashians in, we've had Anthony Anderson in, uh, we've had, again, a lot of the athletes we've had, like you mentioned, um, let's see, well, with the Rams, we've had Cooper Cup as a chair of one of our big uh, events, and he also has come in, um, let's see, you know, a lot of good, a lot of good VIP and celebrities help us get the word out also, but yeah, there's close to 16,000 volunteers every year, and the number of hours that they contribute is the equivalent to probably, you know, more than 75 full-time employees so part of the part of part of the population that we talk with asks, well, how do you provide so many meals for such a small amount of money? You know, it's better than you could get at the cheapest fast food place out there, you know, and you're giving fresh produce and high quality food. How are you doing that? And it really is people have to, you know, we're, we're getting that donated product. We're getting so much donated time from people volunteering that the costs are just so much lower. So yeah, we're paying for refrigeration. We're paying for trucking. We're paying forklift drivers and people that need licenses and and stuff like that. But um, yeah, the the cost is really low. We can get food out into the community really efficiently. Yeah, I love that when you have uh, celebrities helping you out, and I'm sure they're posting that on social media on their own accounts. You know, getting in front of yeah. all those um, followers is huge. Yeah, uh, social proof wise. Let's talk about social proof and all the good you do for the people of Los Angeles. What's the most effective way to share stories about the positive impact the LA Food Bank has on the community? Yeah, I think if you're somebody that wants to get involved and hear more about the story of the food bank, the best thing probably is to sign up for our e-newsletter, lafoodbank.org slash subscribe, or you can just go to lafoodbank.org and see the donate button. You can see the volunteer button. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. That's it for now. We'll see. Okay. Maybe we'll we'll add to that, but, um, that's, but yeah, that's, those are good ways to stay in touch with us. Yeah, definitely. The, the newsletter that that'll be beneficial for sure. Yeah. Um, as we wrap up the episode, um, with your vast marketing experience, what is one important lesson that you have learned over the course of your marketing career that you would share with somebody that's just starting out? Yeah. Uh, the number one piece of advice, especially in modern marketing is, you have to keep learning and not even every year or every month. It's like every day, there's going to be a new thing that comes out. There's going to be something that shakes up the industry. Even if you're using the same old tools, if you're not researching how they're changing, you're going to be left behind. It's happened to all of us where every once in a while you log into meta business manager or to Google ads and you're like, 
oh, this is over here now, you know, like mm -hmm. even the tools that that you think you got a handle on keep changing. So, and then something comes out like chat GPT or AI or something that's going to shake everything up again. So you just constantly have to be learning, reading books, I think are oftentimes too slow, mm -hmm. but uh, other blogs and other people that you like, I love Neil Patel, anything that I follow mm -hmm. him and anything that he writes, uh, Seth Godin. Um, and then I think the keeping up with the psychology side of, side of marketing is really interesting as well. The The book Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman will never uh, go out of date because it's not about marketing strategy. It's about human psychology and how our mind works. So that I think is a must read for any marketer, really for any person. Um, but yeah, that's what I would say. You just have to constantly be learning. Perfect. Perfect. Last questions um, as we wrap up the episode. How can people get in touch with you if they'd like to get involved with your efforts to reach the next billion meals for the people of Los Angeles? Sure. Well, yeah, if you want to get involved with the food bank and you'd like to contact me, you can just email me at dmay at lafoodbank.org. That's D like David, May like the month at lafoodbank.org. I'm also just listed on the website. You can just go to lafoodbank.org and we have a management team page where you'll be able to find uh, any of the managers there. Um, yeah. Perfect. Thank you, David. I really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. All right. Take care. All right. You too.